All right, welcome back to Joe on Joe. It's me, your host, Joe Slepsky, and you are back for part two of our epic long live rock and roll adventure with the panel of G.I. Joe judges. We've got Jasmine, Santi, Lily Bella, Nadia, and Troy Smith out here for our G.I. Joe panel. The kids say hello, everybody. Yo, Joe, and yo, Joe, to all of you. Now, if you guys didn't listen to last episode, you need to stop what you're doing and go back and rewind and put on part one of Long Live Rock and Roll because we've got we got some great commentary from the kids here. And you know one thing I think we didn't do? I think we didn't get your ages last episode. I don't know why I'm just thinking of that now. So let's go around the table. Nadia, how old are you? I'm 11. 11. Lily Bella, how old are you? Nine. Santi, how old are you? I'm 10. And Jasmine? Sixteen years old? No. Six you're so half. tiny for being sixteen. Six and a half. Six and a half. Okay, I get it. I get it. There's a big difference between six and six and a half. There's, oh, there's a huge difference between six and six and a half. If I was better on math, I would say something like that's like one sixth of your life or something like that. How do you feel about being six and a half? Mm. Are you okay about it? Yeah. When's your birthday? Um, March twenty seventh. I was gonna say March 28th, but then I took a closer look and I felt 27th the right day. Felt 27th the right day. So now that I won a prize, I think you 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 don't win the GI Joe prize at the carnival. Troy, yes sir. You are um, one. You're delightful. You raise these kids right. Thank you. And uh, and for you listeners at home, the girls are Troy's daughters, and Santi is his nephew. And uh, we had a great time last episode. I think you guys were so fantastic with your commentary. We got to meet Muscles, who is Nadia. You are the G.I. Joe tanker for the Ninja Force. Is that correct? Yeah. And we also met um, our pilot, Call the Ball, who is Santi. And you were the ex-soccer player, who is now a pilot for G.I. Joe. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. Um, How has this uh, new job that you guys both undertaken, how has this affected your lives? It's fun. Okay, I'm just kidding because we finished recording about 20 minutes ago, so we're back to it. So hopefully it hasn't changed your life too much, but you never know down the road. Uh, and Troy, you're going to you're gonna give us your file name today. Lily Bella, you're going to give us your file name today. Jasmine, you're going to give us your file name. Are you guys excited for that? Yeah. Are you excited? So we got some new Joes on the table here. We got uh, Big Boa, the boxer. We got uh, Cobra Commander. We've got Airborne Volume 2. What else Ooh, we got over here? Uh, we've got a Skyhawk. Yes. Yeah, that, that's it's the uh, uh, the Sky Patrol Skyhawk. Now this is part of the uh, the big buy that you had, Troy. Actually, the Skyhawk and Sky Patrol mm-hmm. came from a friend at work. What? Yes, they they know who I am. They know uh, how much I love GI Joe, and he kept telling me, "Like I have a box of GI Joes," and I was teasing him and saying, "Yeah, we'll just send it over to my house." And eventually he brought it in and gave it to That's me. That's so great. People are awesome. Yes. I, I've gotten that a, f- a few times over the years with doing the show where people are just like, hey, I've got all this great G.I. Joe stuff. You know what? I'm not going to do anything with it. And and they're just so generous. And so it's such a lovely such a lovely thing. And I love to pass that on. And that's they know that um, it's going to get used and it's going to get loved. Yes. Yes. That's, I think that's what 
Well, let's talk about your work for a little bit. Okay. You are a uh, you're a television colorist, so you do like color correction for TV shows, right? That's correct. And uh, you've been doing that for almost twenty years now. That's correct. And uh, where, where's the what's the company? Let's give them a shout out. It's Margarita Mix in Hollywood. Margarita Mix, right in the heart of Hollywood, California. Yes. And uh, any shows you could tell us that you worked on specifically? I can tell you some shows I've worked on in the past. Yeah. Sure. So uh, Top Gear USA. Love it. Was one that I worked on. Biggest Loser is one that I worked on. Love it. Uh, back in the day, um, 24, I used to do dirt restoration on it when they shot in films. So really? That was, that was a fun one I worked on. Awesome. Yeah, a lot of unscripted shows that I work on. 24 was a great show. It was. It was really great. It was. It it, it quickly got into that preposterous area of like, really? These people are going to get kidnapped and you know, you know, all that stuff's going to happen every week. But I didn't care. Yeah. It was just so well done. We would always tease the producers like, okay, when's the episode when Jack Bauer gets stuck in traffic for an hour? Yeah, right? <laughs> Especially in LA. In you LA, know, like, yes. I feel like 24 existed in the same universe as the movie Speed, that a bus could drive at 60 miles an hour in LA. Right. No, not, no, mm -hmm. the wrong city for that. You need to set speed in like Topeka. Yes. Like we need to drive around the flat lands of Topeka at 60 miles an hour and then you can make it okay. Uh, that's really cool. What do you enjoy about uh, being like working in the TV field? Like, have, and have you always been a colorist, or did you start in like editing, or yeah, like what? Ex exactly. I started as an online editor. So the online editor is kind of like uh, the finishing editor. So I don't make any of the actual decision decisions and choices. I'm the guy who like puts everything together to get it ready for air. So you, you're the you're like the finishing carpenter. Exactly. Like, like you come in and, and sand off the rough edges. Right. And make sure everything just looks smooth. Right. Yes. And uh, now I moved into color grading. Color grading is basically matching shots on the cameras. Um, if it's a multi-camera sh shot or show, we want to make sure that all the cameras look balanced, that they look the same, like it's from one camera. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we do things that we have to put a special look. So um, maybe something needs to have like a desert look to it or be a really cool environment where everything's really blue and subdued or... We need lots of saturation to make it pop. Yeah, that's, when, that's when, what I do. That's that's so great, and it is such a subtle influence on all the things that we watch. Uh, James Cameron loves him a blue filter, mm -hmm. and it makes it gives his movies this modern. You know, and look at the stuff he did. You know, Terminator and you know, um, like Aliens, and there was always this futuristic look to it, and the sharpness, this crispness to it. That came from the blue filter, but you don't realize that right. until you think about it. Right. But it's just such a subtle shift in what we're seeing. Um, recently, they did, uh, I know they did color correction on the Superman suit in the movie Justice League. Okay. To make his suit bluer. Probably. And just that bluer, that, that more like royal blue instead of the darker blue that he right. was in Man of Steel. I think it was the same suit he was wearing. It made people like him better. Because he looked, you know what I mean? He looked mm -hmm. more traditional Superman. And there, that's such an important job that you guys are doing. You are the, you're scoring, you're doing the soundtrack, you're doing the visual soundtrack for the movie. Yes. is what you're doing. Because the scoring, a, yeah, the scoring should be in the background, and it sets the mood, and you're doing that for the eyes. Yeah, I've never thought of it that way, but that's a very good point. Yeah, I like to think of it as like, it's easy to see a bad editor or a bad colorist. Mm -hmm. So hard to see a good one. Sure, because they do their job. Yep. You don't see jump cuts and you don't see uh, mix, match shots. Now, have you ever run into uh, a situation where, so you, you in your days as the finishing editor, where they've made their creative choices and they've got, you know, they've got this, this shot to that shot to that shot and you're watching it and you realize, I don't know, this guy's wearing a hat in this shot, but he's not wearing a hat in that shot. 
are, were you in a position to say, hey, you guys screwed this up? Or, you know, and it could be maybe it's supposed to be reversed and the car is going in the wrong direction. You know, that, that right. kind of thing. All the time. Yeah. Yeah, because they, they rely on us also to be like their second set of eyes. Because they've been looking at the material forever for a long time. And uh-huh. they just kind of, it goes over top of their, they just, they're used to seeing it. So it's like, yeah, of course that's the way it is. And they're receptive to it? Yes. That's great. Yeah. One of the, I was a colorist on this show, but the online editor I was working with for a show, there was just this nice, beautiful over helicopter shot of this uh, waterfall going through this house. And it was so cool. And everybody was loving it. And then the editor is like, hey, um, that shot's reversed and the water's going up <laughs> instead of down. And I'm like, thank you so much. So we'll flip it back around and, and, and do it in real time instead of a reverse motion. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. That's... So, that, so they catch We are important to catch those types of things. Blurring micro, uh, not blurring microphones, blurring. No, sorry. I'm just kidding. Um, just distracted. Uh, blurring license plates. Oh yeah. Is a big thing that we do. And lots of times logos. Uh-huh. So sometimes I'll be walking around and I'll see people wearing logos like, oh, I got to blur that. And like, oh, no, no, I'm in real life. Not, not on my job. <laughs> you have one of those. Confusing. In real, You have one of those. Uh, it was in um, Black Mirror. I forget what episode. But it was the one where they had the implant in their head that I could block you oh, yes. in real life. I so I'd look one. and see your kid's faces perfectly clear. But if I look at Troy, your face totally blurred. Right. Yeah. 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 That's, that's very mm-hmm. cool, man. And, and, and you got your start in an era it was in like late nineties, early two thousands where I guess you were using computers, but not a ton, right? It was old school editing. No. Um, or it was in college. It yeah. was the first year that we got an avid symphony or that wasn't avid symphony, but it was an avid product. So that was nonlinear. And I used to do, um, a lot of stuff at the studio. So the college that I went to DePaul university, they had this beautiful sound stage and they had blue screens and, um, I ended up taking all my toys to school by the time I graduated. I had all my G.I. Joes there. In college. In college. In college. A lot of my Legos. And I, I made these movies um, with G.I. Joes. Yeah. And it was like so so much fun. And I was like, you know, I got to do this for real. I got to do this in, in real life. And so G.I. Joe inspired you to to your career today. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, That's so cool. And you can actually, we can actually watch one. You showed me one. I loved it. Yes. You have a video. It's on, it's on YouTube. And listeners, I'll share the link out with this episode. Find me on Twitter. If you go to Joe and Joe Pod, it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Send me an email at joeandjoepod at gmail.com. And follow the show and you will see the link that Troy has, it's called G.I. Joe The Rescue, and search Troy Smith, G.I. Joe The Rescue, and you guys will see it. And this was made in late 90s. Yes, 98. 98, and you really artfully incorporated elements of the cartoon, plus live action, plus some toy stuff, right? Yeah. Wasn't there some toy overlay onto it? Absolutely. So put you put your live action, you and your, you and your buddy, mm-hmm. as humans, inside of uh, the mauler. A Sky Striker. A sky, was it a Sky Striker? At what, the very end, Who yes. was in the mauler? Um, oh, well, those were toys. Those were toys, Those yes. were toys. But it was the cartoon mauler, though, right? Wasn't it a picture of the cartoon mauler? No, it was, it was cartoon toys. explosions, though. Exactly. So what I was doing, I was looking for um, cartoon on the animation for the backgrounds. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to find some parts where they were looping. And then there was this overhead shot in the cartoon looking down in the jungle as the guys are driving through. And basically what I did is I put my toys over top of where the animated toys were, covering them up. Wow. And went on the blue screen. And so then I could uh, just shoot it so it looked like they were driving in the cartoon. And so you did all this analog. Yes. That's crazy. 
Yes. It's awesome. Yeah, so it was a blue screen in the studio, and it was a whole control room, and I had really good cameras to work with. Yeah, it looks time. great. Like, I, I was telling you, when, when we first came out here uh, to the, your lovely home, uh, Toilet Teals, by the way, she's in the house with me. Rebecca, say what's up. What's up? So when we first came out here, and you know, we met you at the door, because I saw the movie, and I enjoyed it, and I thought, oh, he must have made this in the last couple of years, I thought you would be a much younger man. Mm. Not that you're old, but... That's how good the movie is because it looks as if you made it on a computer like with digital effects and things like that that we can do today. But knowing that you put it together analog back in the day is an even bigger feat. I'm not surprised that you went on to have a 20-year career doing this in Hollywood. Thank you. It's really real testament to your skills. It's, it's, it's absolutely fabulous. So we're going to share that out there, listeners, and you guys are going to love it. Um, also, right before we started taping, uh, your children ratted you out, I believe, and they said that you also did a, uh, a re- recreation of the chips introduction yes. out of Legos. That's right. <laughs> what was that? You know, that's part of the reason I wanted to come to California. Because you love chips? I love chips. <laughs> <laughs> Ponch and John. That's right. So it's, so in, the, in 98, 99, you recreated with Legos. The intro to Chips. I oh. just love that theme song. And I didn't even do that for a class. I did that just because I wanted to. It's so great. So I built all the Legos. Same type of thing. I built backgrounds and layered them with uh, green screen and blue screen. Uh-huh. And um, just put it all together. It, I literally watched the introduction frame by frame. I timed out, okay, this shot is 17 frames. Wow. This shot is 48 frames. And wow. I just did everything back to back to back. Analog. Analog. That is... So awesome to me. Like Thank that you. is that is an absolute dedication. And when I got to my one of my first jobs in Hollywood, I was talking to uh, one of the tape ops that I was working with, and he's like, "Oh yeah, um, uh, Eric Estrada is my brother-in-law." Whoa. I was like, "What?" And he goes, "Yeah, Eric Estrada is my brother-in-law." And he's like, "I gotta make a copy of this and give it to him." Did he? Yes, he did. And have you met? Did you then meet Eric Estrada? I didn't get to meet him, but did you hear feedback? Yeah, yes, he did. He said nice video, and he he gave me a, a picture, an autograph. I love that. It was so cool. Have you met Larry Wilcox? No, I have not. I love it. And is is your Chips video also on YouTube? It is also on YouTube. We're going to share that and we're going to love it. Um, I was a Chips fan growing up too. It was absolutely great. And now every time I do see a California Highway Patrolman, I just think, I mean, that that was such great advertising oh, for them. And the music was fantastic. I, I love the music. Do you remember the how the theme song went? Do, 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 <laughs> I don't want to keep going oh, that's on. That's great. I love it. Do uh kids, do you watch does your does your dad watch chips with you now or is that a thing? No. No, just no. GI Joe. Just GI Joe. Good. I don't know that chips holds up. Yeah. I'm going to throw that out there. I don't know, I don't know if that's stepping on your toes, Troy. Oh, yeah, no. I haven't Did you see the movie? I saw the who- Was it movie. any good? It, it was it's not chips it's from not the, chips, from the yeah. I mean it's just yeah. like it, it was funny it had its moments but I mean like all the like they, they just, wanted to do what Twenty One Jump Street did but it, yeah. it just couldn't capture it. You know what the beauty of chips is and it just shows a different era. But John and uh, Ponch never drew their weapons. No, yeah, never. No, and I think that this is kind of different. Yes. Joe and Joe listeners know that I love comic books, G.I. Joe, pop culture, and my wife and dogs are pretty great too. I also love learning how people get to where they're at and where they're going. All of that comes together over at the Dreamer Comics podcast, except for my family stuff. That'd be really weird. Omar Spahi interviews someone from the comic industry every episode, and they break down the journey that creator took to get from reading comics to creating them. 
Comic luminaries like Jim Valentino, Ross Ritchie, Kyle Higgins, and so many more can be found at dreamercomicspodcast.com or find them anywhere you get your podcasts. Everyone has a dream. Learn how to make yours a reality. All right. Well, we're going to uh, stop talking about 40-year-old TV shows because these kids are looking at me like, uh, last time you talked about uh, cassette tapes and Don Johnson, and now we're talking about chips and Poncharella. Yeah. So, kids, let's get into G.I. Joe! Joe! What? Yes! You guys watched Long Live Rock and Roll Part 1 with us. What did you think of the episode? Santi, we're going to start with you. Um, it was like a lot of rock and roll. Like, um, it was like kind of fast. Mm-hmm. Like everything went by super quickly. It goes by fast when you're like you're also talking over in a room with six people too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did you like the characters? Um, some were pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So who wasn't cool? Who did you not like? <laughs> It's okay to say metalhead. He's my least favorite, yeah. and I know there's some metalhead fans out there. Do you get? Do you have a metalhead, Troy? I do have a metalhead. Bang! <laughs> yes. Bang! I hate it. Yep. I hate it. Although there was a moment on this show, and it might have been in the last episode, where he does inadvertently say "bang," and in my head I go, "I went, well, his missile should fire because it's voice activated, and it does. Oh. Like they didn't forget that part because it's a voice activated weapon, and I'm like, oh, that was a mistake. Oh no, then it fired. There they go. Yeah, then it went. So uh, was there anyone that you didn't like? The guy in the red suit was that, was Hawk? that Hawk? Maybe? Yeah, the guy who was upset about um, he was upset about the loud music. Yeah, that was Hawk. He was being a buzzkill. Yes. Yeah, I get it. I would be upset about that too. And Lily Bella, what about you? What was your favorite part of that episode? Hmm. I don't know. I didn't really have a favorite part. Did you Did you like all the um because they were flying a lot in the helicopters and stuff? Was that kind of cool? Yeah. Yeah. Now, would you prefer a helicopter as a backpack or a full? Real helicopter, like a dragonfly. Both. Both? Yeah. I feel like the helicopter is a backpack, guys, by the way, is not very safe. No. It's, if you thought, I feel, okay, so Cobra had the Fang. You guys know what the Fang copter is? Yeah. Jasmine, do you know what the Fang is? Cobra's helicopter? It's it's an open air helicopter, right? right. So the guy sits in the cockpit and there's no protection between him and those blades. And G.I. Joe looked at that and said, hold on, I can do one better. Right. Yeah. And then they came up with these backpack helicopters, which were even more dangerous than the right. pla- than the, the Fang. So, yeah, there you go. Nadia, what about you? I thought it was a little goofy when Rock and Roll running, runs into the ladies. Mm-hmm. Oh, the cold yeah. open. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was very good. Now, uh, what did you guys think of Billy, the guitar player, Jasmine? Did you like the guitar guy? Mm, he was a little too lofty. Yeah. Did you like his look, though? Not really. He was like a wild boy, wild tiger. Did oh, you, he, looked, he looked a little like a dreadnought, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, I, like he would fit in with the dreadnoughts. And Road Pig was in this episode. Road Pig was in this episode because he's a uh, Sonic fighter, I believe. Oh. Yeah, he's, one, he's on one of the sub-teams. Yeah. Okay. They, they, this is all sub-team stuff. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> he does need to get his hair did. Yeah, it's a little on the sloppy side. It's very sloppy. He also needs to check that outfit because he's he just—it's just too much going on. He has too many knots in his head. He really does. He Wait, really does. Um, did you guys like the voice acting? Kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any favorites? Anything? Any standouts like Cobra Commander? 
rock and roll. Because rock and roll, I like that they used a guy named rock and roll on a show about rock and roll. Yeah, I thought this episode was going to be about rock and roll. I know, right? But he's at least he's the main character. Right. At least it's not long live rock and roll and the main character's grunt. Well, it doesn't really make a lot of sense, does it? Grunt. Nope. 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 <laughs> so before we start this episode of part two, what do you guys want to see out of this episode? Jasmine, what do you want to see happen? Mm-hmm. Cool stuff. Cool. Santi, what about you? Um, like, they're going to save him or they're, or they're just going to leave him. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they leave him. That'd yes. be an amazing way to end an episode. They're like, guys, we couldn't get the hostage. We're good. Yes. We stopped Cobra. But but Billy, he, he gone. There'll be another rock and roll star. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's always they're, another they're one recyclable. around the corner. Absolutely. Yes. We're just going to find a, a karaoke lookalike. Exactly. Uh, Lily Bella, what about you? I don't know what I want to see, but I do know what I don't want to see. <laughs> what don't you want to see? Ow! <laughs> you don't want rock and roll music? No, I don't. Well, I'm sorry. We're going to disappoint you because there's a lot of rock and roll in this one because the Cobra's plans come to fruition and their their machine goes live. Nadia, what about you? Um, I want to see rock and roll pop out some serious machine gunning like... Okay, that's amazing. Troy, what do you want to see on this episode? That's an excellent question, Joe. I would like to see them get a new rock and roller. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would like to see bigger planes and, and bigger... like Yeah, it's all glider. Like it's all tiny yes. glider action. Yes. They weren't trying to sell a major toy in this. No, this was all about not. the small toys. This was sub-teams yes. and small toys... They're they're trying to get that um, that checkout dollar, you right. know that mom I got three ninety nine left to spend here. Let me let me quick get a get a glider. Let me get a this. Let me get a that. Not hey mom, it's my birthday. Can I get a tank? Yes, absolutely. You know that's yeah, for us. That's what it was. I was birthdays and Christmases and things like that. Those were the big toys. Those were the boxes. Right. Every time you went to the mall, you would ask for a, a, a carded one or you know like the pack rats. You know that were on the bubble cards. Bubble cards for day to day asks. You know which were. Sometimes, sometimes good. Yes. You know, sometimes mom would come through. Absolutely, for real. Or if you saved your, your allowance. But then anything in a box, that was a birthday. Absolutely. That was a birthday. birthday that was Christmas. a Christmas. Yep. Absolutely. Yes. Of course, I, if you ask your mom if you can have a tank, then she would be clicking it. Then you would spoil your birthday present. Yeah, or you got to ask Santa. Because Santa would bring me a ton of G.I. Joe stuff. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I would always get a ton of G.I. Joe stuff from Santa. Yeah, and they would all be, they And it was like... Santa knew someone at Hasbro to get exactly what I wanted. It was amazing. And since we're talking about toys and, and getting stuff, I just really want to thank my mom for giving me all the G.I. Joes and my dad for financing them. That's <laughs> love. Like, my mom asked me what I wanted for Christmas last year, and I told her I wanted these DVD sets. She's uh-huh. like, you're 40 years old. <laughs> I don't care. I, so the running joke is like whenever anybody asks me, like, what do you want? And I was like, well, I want something that starts with GI and ends in Joe. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. And th- you know what? I want to thank my mom and dad too. And all our moms and dads. I think everyone listening, uh, not only any of us would be fans of this stuff without our moms or dads or yes. both because they supported it. You know, yeah. unless, unless you were out there working like child slave labor, earning your own wages when you were eight. Yeah. None of this would be possible without them. So that's awesome. So thank you so much. Yes, thank you, Mom. And we definitely got our money's worth. I mean, oh, 30-year-old yeah. toys we're still playing me? with. Are you kidding me? It's absolutely amazing. 
So, um, yeah. So before we start the show, I want to thank everyone for listening. And I want to ask everyone to go online and follow me on Instagram, Joe and Joe Pod, and Twitter and Facebook. All that stuff. Uh, find me on Facebook, email, Gmail, etc. Remember to go to my Patreon page, patreon.com slash Joe on Joe Pod, and see how you can help support the show. All right, kids. You guys ready for part two? Yeah. Yes. All right. Here we go. So like all good two-parters, we start with a little bit of an episode recap. Right. So it's right? like the same cold open. It is the same cold open. And you want to know how I know that? Because every time I watched this and prep for the show, I thought, did I hit the wrong button? Yes. <laughs> did I? And why, when, why would they reshoot a new open? Why would they spend any money on this? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I literally restarted it three times. Keep thinking. Kept thinking that I kept hitting the wrong one. Uh, but we do. We get a little flashback here. We see Billy get kidnapped by the Cobras. And no offense if you're out there listening, but the voiceover guy that they had do the recap here, the guy that goes convinced that he was working for the U.S. government, they could not have found a worse voice. It is so flat and so uninteresting. Right? Do you, you know what I'm saying, Troy? I, yeah, he like, needs some passion. It's Yeah, that's really like a dopey dude sleeping somewhere. I don't know what was going on there. It could have been the editor. It had to be. The offline editor. Right. Put, putting together a scratch audio. And they're like, ah, it's fine, leave it. Yeah, and I think that's the same voice, if memory serves, that's the same voice they used on the other uh, multi-parters, you know, in the DIC era. On the uh, on the Sunbow stuff, they used, oh, I'm blanking on his name, but the guy who did the, the real G.I. Joe intro. They mm-hmm. got him to record him. And it was great. Right. And it was awesome. And it was full of energy. And it got you excited for this. These intros are like... Hey, everybody. Uh, yeah, there was a guy named Billy, and he got kidnapped. And, um, you know, uh, they're going to fight G.I. Joe, I mean Cobra. No, by the way, uh, Jasmine, that snore was for you. I hear, Jasmine, I hear that, you, uh, that you're a bit of a snorer when you like to nap. Is this true? Is this true, guys? <laughs> Jasmine snores? Jasmine, do you snore when you sleep? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with snoring. Nothing right? wrong with snoring. Toilet Teal, what do you think? Joe snores louder than anyone you've ever heard. I've <laughs> I've had neighbors complain about the sound of my snoring. We're gonna put that on record, everybody. Oh wow! All the way to the neighbors. Yeah, all the way to the neighbors. Oh dear. Oh dear, indeed. That's one way to put it. So here we go. Long live rock and roll part two, written by Doug Booth. Doug Booth, by the way, wrote the. Um, uh, Operation Dragonfire. Oh, yeah, like okay. one, like one of the good, right. one of the good DIC episodes. Dragonfire is, holds up pretty well. That's still with Scoop. Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. The intro of Scoop. The... Right. So here's a funny story. When I was in college and I was doing all my GI Joes, I was talking to one of my professors, and he was telling me, he's like, "Oh yeah, have you seen my GI Joe action figure?" And I thought he was just teasing me. That's your pro- that guy's your professor? No, but he showed me Scoop. And package, and I was like, "Oh, where'd you get this from?" He's like, "Well, I worked with Michael Leonard." And awesome! Yeah, because Scoop's name was Leonard Michaels, named exactly. after Michael Leonard. And he told me the story, and I was like, "That's not true. They don't do that." I didn't believe him. And so it, true. And it was, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's very cool." That's amazing. Did you ever have a chance to meet Michael? I Leonard? did not meet him, but you're from Chicago. I am. So and and I, that's where he was from. Yes, I okay. don't. I don't have a personal recollection of him. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, when we were doing the scoop stuff, I did try to find him. I don't think he's online, like in the in the social media sense, right? Because I believe he's long retired now. Yes, uh, for a good number of years. But yes, that's amazing. So yes. your guy worked with Michael Leonard. Yes, he was his editor. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, that's so, he, so and cool. he taught me how to edit. Oh my god, yeah. that's lineage. That's yeah. GI Joe lineage. So Cobra, uh, they've got their sound machine working, and basically, Billy, as long as Billy keeps playing. The sound waves are going to keep emanating from this machine. So Cobra had to get a, an expert guitar player. And we're going to see here that they're going to aim those sonic waves at the, the incoming helicopter, the battlecopters. Yeah, on the backpacks. Yeah. Now, as a tax-paying citizen, I'm glad they're destroying just these little backpacks and not dragonflies. Yeah, absolutely. And dragon, yeah. Really, ex- really expensive stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I love the parachutes. Everybody's got a parachute. Everyone's got a parachute. Yes. Everyone's got a parachute. Um, I want to say... And I don't know why the, I didn't think of this earlier. There was, um, Tessero had a sonic cannon. And when it was one of the miniseries. Yeah. He had a sound wave cannon. It was in the mouth of the Cobra. I'm, I can't remember. I, I'm sorry that I'm blanking on exactly what, but you guys listening know what it was. Because it, uh, it was in the mouth of the Cobra head. And when they defeated it at the end, it eventually caved in and attacked the base and destroyed the base. It was like in like... It was like the second miniseries, maybe. I faintly remember. Yeah, this. and it was a, it was a, it was like a cannon thing, and it well, did the exact same thing here. The charts, this is the line that leads past they reused a lot of ideas. Let's let's be honest, but I want to say like you guys already stopped something like this. Like you know, this is interesting. So we got rock and roll and psych out and snake eyes. Snake eyes, by the way, uh, a trained engineer. Mm. Um, they're riding on a subway beneath the Enterprise City, and they're going to use their sonic fighters backpacks to counter the frequencies of Billy's rock and roll playing. Come on, psych oh, good for out. Them. Yeah. Psych yourself out. And what's great is that when they get into doing it, they they have to match Billy's playing. They are essentially playing Guitar Hero. Oh, that's true. Yeah, this is, is play along. right here. See it? And our supersonic fighter packs are going to automatically switch what we're playing to the exact opposite. That is cancel noise cancellation. Noise cancellation. Via, uh, 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 Guitar Hero. Uh, that's true. it is totally Guitar Hero, Rock Band, that whole thing. That's what's going on in this episode. This is ahead of its time. All they need, is, like, is is the video screen right. of telling them what notes to be. My favorite Billy Blaster song. Now Will that's okay? it's Psych Out. Luckily knows all the jams. So as long as Billy doesn't change it, now Billy, because we want to like him, he still thinks he's working for the government. Right. You know, so that's a good thing. Your orders are to pull back. Now, Santi, when you were playing with Santi, when you were playing with some of these toys, (laughs) (laughs) he's into the show. I know you're so into the show. When you play with some of the toys, do you guys do um, some of like the big scale Cobra plots? Like Cobra is gonna like have a weather dominator or anything like that? Do you guys ever play like that? Um, I haven't. I haven't. You haven't, Lily Bella. What about you? When you guys play with the toys, does Cobra have these big plots? Like they're going to take over like the pool or they're going to take over the, this part of the lawn? Or is oh. it more of just like we're going to attack the Joes? Yeah. So like Cobra would start a plot like first we get all our weapons locked and loaded. Then we, at- then we attack the Joes at headquarters and take over like and take over the headquarters and mm-hmm. 
That's really cool. Once once the Joes take over the headquarters, what do they do? Do they hang out there? Do they move in? Do they like reupholster the place? Do they like do their own design work on it, or do they just they just leave it as is? Uh, the Cobras. Yeah. They they don't well they never take over the headquarters. Oh. I mean, like the closest they've got is inside the jail. Oh yeah. For me, whenever we used to play. If Cobra took over the Joe base, the first thing would come down would be the American flag. Yep. Take the flag down. The flag always came down. And it was like they were redecorating. They were like, we're, no, we're in. That was the sign. Or um, I th- wasn't there, was there a flag on the the transport, the air sea blast? The technical battle the techni- Yeah. Was there a flag on there? I believe. No. I don't know that they I don't used to, think there was. They would take that over a lot too. And then it would just be destroyed. Yes. I feel like J.J. would just be like, we'll just build a new one. Yep. You know, this thing's temporary anyway. You go ahead and take it over. A, lo- a lot of our play scenarios turn into, like, rescue missions. Yes, so that's we good. Always, we always like to do that. We have a tomahawk. love using the tomahawk as, like, to go get oh, the injured the tom- uh, Tomahawk was my favorite large scale. The tomahawk and the whale. Yeah. But as far as, like, I love the Sky Striker, but, like, just... It was because it was like a play set in the sky, right? Because it had so many action points on it. You could do, like with the Sky Striker, yeah, it's cool, but you know, you'd fly and you'd bomb people and you'd move away. The Tomahawk would like you'd bring a little mini base somewhere, you yes. Know, a motorcycle in the back. We're gonna go to a commercial break with a big old train wreck. Have you guys ever ridden on a subway? We'll be right back. Today's file card is on the Cobra Air Recon Trooper, the Night Vulture. Night Vultures are the airborne covert insertion and recon specialists of the Cobra Legions. Given no formal training, the candidates for the Night Vultures program are dropped with their gliders from transports over shark-infested waters at least five miles from land. Whoever makes it back is awarded the Night Vulture badge and gets to keep his personal effects of the, quote, dropouts. Quote, every badge-wearing Night Vulture knows that he can coax at least five miles out of his glider and that he has a will to survive. This could make them extremely efficient as recon scouts since they can glide silently at extended ranges and be careful enough not to get caught. Their worth as covert insertion troops is in doubt because they might be smart enough to fly in the opposite direction if the mission is too dangerous. I am totally on board with the Night Vulture in a a real way. I think he looks awesome. He's got a dark purple and black color scheme. The only thing I'd say is it's got like an orange vest or it's either orange or red. I can't really tell. Like bright looking vest. It definitely makes him stand out as an action figure, but I think it works against him as far as being like a Night Vulture. However, he looks like he's straight out of Ninja Force. He even carries a crossbow so that he goes silent. He looks like a, a rejected Snake Eyes sculpt. It is His body is entirely original, according to our friends over at Yojo.com. And he came with one of those sweet gliders. They were pimping those gliders heavily on these episodes of the show. And I like them as a toy. Uh, in fact, Troy had one at his house when we were over there recording. And it's very cool. I mean, they really did actually glide with a figure on them. So I can't, I can't support that enough. I love it. I'm a fan of the Night Vulture. It's my first exposure to him. And Night Vulture, Air Recon Trooper, we salute you. Santi, you've been on a subway before? In New York City. In New York City. Did it crash like this one? No, thank God. Because <laughs> this is quite the crash. It is off the rails. Like something out of Die Hard with a Vengeance, everyone. Wow, and it's flying. Oh, it is it's absolute. And it, and, it is, and it is flammable. It is the absolute. It's it's the 80s rules of car explosions. Yes. You know, like that is so flammable. It's as if a train ran on gasoline. Yes, absolutely. Which it doesn't. No. No, it doesn't. Taking chances. The fun thing I used to do 
with uh, with specifically, I used it with the battle platform a lot. But you remember those pop, uh, the little white, I guess they had like snappers. snappers. Yes. yes. And you would throw them and they would make a snap bang. Right. Those were the bombs. Oh, cool. And they would leave little scorch marks on the toys. So they look battle worn. So that's what Cobra would drop or J. Joe would drop. And it would literally pop, leave little rocks all over my bedroom, of course. But I deal with that. Clean that up. Right. Yeah. And you had little, like little mini pops, little bombs. Yeah. Wow. Get your own sound effects. Yeah. Oh, sound effects, everything. I could only do it when like no one else was at home because my mom would hear it. She'd be like, what's going on up there? That sounds like, yeah, I think my mom would put a stop to that too. Oh yeah. She was not, she was never really happy about it. And I'm like, it's not flammable. It's just, you know, it's authentic action, you know. So now we've got uh, the mayor has agreed to pay Cobra ten billion dollars, kids. Oh wow, Nadia, is that a lot of money? Yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of money today, let alone like nineteen ninety one, and especially coming from the city. Yeah, from the city. Yes, the city. The government, the U.S. government, would be like ten billion's a lot. The city of Enterprise City, that's a lot of money. And Metalhead's very, very, very upset that they don't let him play guitar. Because all he, Metalhead wants to do, he's a rock and roll guy. That's all he wants to do is be in a band. Those are the uh, Crimson Guard elite. And they're completely oblivious to the fact that the G.I. Joes are, are skulking and with their guitars ready to rock and roll. Literally with rock and roll and psych out. And, uh... Oh! oh there's Snake Eyes. Eyes. See? I mean, Snake Eyes is great. Yes. Like, he's just great. Even though he looks like a uh, he looks like a serial killer mountaineer is what he looks like on the show. Like that's he looks like a between the dog mask who makes him look like Jason from the right. from the Friday Thirteenth movies, and then the the mountain goggles. Yeah, Snake Eyes is gonna kill somebody. You gotta stop, Cobra! Oh, <laughs> wow, look at this. Oh, place. hey, you guys see that? It's Scarlet. Yes, one of your favorites. I mean, what is this? It's a rare appearance for her. Yeah. And they also have a jungle inside of a skyscraper. That's that's some interesting topiary choices, right? Right. And then we saw in the previous episode, there's a puma or some kind of big yeah. cat. There's a big cat in there. There is for real. It looks like a Black Panther. Yeah. Did you guys see the Black Panther movie? No. Oh, it's pretty great. You did? Did you like it? It's pretty great. So I feel like they're chasing a warthog. I feel like it's um, uh, what the dreadnought where the warthog. It was it was uh, Naugahyde. Naugahyde. I feel like that's Naugahyde's warthog. Yes. He's not on this episode, but they're torturing Naugahyde's pet, which I don't feel is very fair. No, it's not. Especially, it's not very fair especially with a guy named Road Pig. Yeah. Yeah. And I always found it weird that Naugahyde was the cobra poacher, and yet he carried a pet pig. Yes. I'm like, are you going to kill that pig? Are you going to eat that pig? Because that's what your poacher does. That's a poacher hunts animals. <laughs> He's not the cobra like animal wrangler. And it's He's not like, the poacher. It's not like the pig helps him uh, track down other animals. No, 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 no. Oh, and here's oh. a giant. Of course we're going to get a giant snake. But yeah, that's totally Naugahyde's uh, pig. Do you ever play the um, uh, Nintendo G.I. Joe games? I have not. Like Atlantis Factor, and then the one which I believe was just called G.I. Joe. They're great. No, no, the, great. Gr- the girls have watched uh, G.I. Joe Atlantis Factor that G.I. Joe Berg from G.I. Joe Berg, our friends at G.I. Joe Berg. Yeah, yes. that's pretty great. The kids loved that. Yeah, I loved it. Oh, it's awesome. It's those, a- yeah, those guys do such a great job over there. 
shout out to our friends at G.I. Joburg. Uh, my boy Cujo, we're going to get Cujo on soon. Oh, excellent. Yeah, he's out of Long Beach. And, yes. Uh, and we meet up. Guy. Yeah, we meet up at cons. What a great guy. Uh, the Atlantis Factor video game, so good. Mm-hmm. Like it's, and I think because they give you the variety of characters to play from. I liked the um, the game that came out with the movie, the Rise of Cobra game. That was actually not bad. It wasn't the greatest gameplay, but there was a good variety of GI Joes to choose from. They didn't do very wildly different things in the game, mm-hmm. but um, but it was pretty well done for you know the only GI Joe game we have to play with. Um, now we get Croc Masters Crocodile, guys. I know. It's like, where's Croc Masters? Yeah, Croc Masters missing, Naga Hides missing. We're going to go to commercial with a couple animals attacking. Hey, listeners, if you're anything like me, all apologies to your family. I'm just kidding. It's likely that they made you this way. No, I'm talking about that I'm always looking for more G.I. Joe content, and I think I've found it. Stop what you're doing. Okay, don't stop listening to this podcast. Can't you multitask? And go to Facebook slash Special Mission Force. Brian Wilkins is curating all kinds of wonderful, nostalgic G.I. Joe content, including new pics from his fantastic Instagram page, at Special Mission Force. On his Instagram, he's taking photos of Joes out in the wild, in the real world, doing stuff. For me, the two things that stand out the most are his variety of characters that he takes pictures of, and like the depth of field in these pictures. It's just a wonderful job of directing focus for you. I think you really will enjoy his work. So like him on Facebook, follow him on Instagram and Twitter, and get ready for his website, SpecialMissionForce.com. He's a name to watch in the GHO game, so get on board now. Now back to the show. All right. Well, listen, it's that time of show where I like to ask my guests who are amazing and awesome. Jasmine, if you could be a member of the G.I. Joe team or Cobra team, who would you be and what would your name be? Do you have any? Do you know yet? My name would be... White wolf. White wolf? I love it. And what would the white wolf do? <coughs> My real name would be Dr. Doctor. Doctor Doctor? Would you be a doctor? A medical, like a medical assistant? Yeah. Yeah? That's so great because we need more medical assistants. We don't have a lot of people that do that. Would you work with Doc and Lifeline maybe? And you'd be a G.I. Joe or Cobra? G.I. Joe? G.I. Joe. So Jasmine, or shall I say White Wolf, the medical assistant, welcome to the G.I. Joe team. Welcome to Joe and Joe, White Wolf. Let's give her a hand. All right. That's so awesome. I love it. Let's see. Lily Bella, if you could be a member of the Joe or Cobra team, who would you be? Obviously, I'd be on the Joe team. You'd be a Joe. Got it. And... What would you do? Um... I would be a Navy SEAL. You'd be a Navy SEAL. I love it. That's awesome. But Billy's nowhere to be found. And what would your name be? Bella Beast. Bella Beast. That is awesome. And I would be like a kooky. You'd be like, kooky? Yeah, like a really crazy Navy SEAL doing a bunch of stunts. Yes. Yes. And everyone would fear me. <laughs> <laughs> All the Cobras would fear me. Maybe 
Joes too. Yeah, I think a lot of the Joes would. For my yeah. furious looks. Amazing. <laughs> and um. Would you look like you could have been a dreadnought, but you decided to be a good guy? No. No. I would, I would look kind of like <laughs> I'm gonna get you. <laughs> I love that. Well, can be like I got you when I want you. And now I'm going to eat you. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Bella Beast, welcome to the Joe on Joe team. Let's give her a big hand, everybody. That's awesome. Bella Beast, the Navy SEAL that scares even her own teammates. That's so cool. All right, Troy, it's your turn. If you could be a member of the Joe or Cobra team. What would you be, and what would your code name be? Okay, well, I hope not to disappoint anyone, but I would be when Cobra. Oh, I love it. I love when people go Cobra. Yeah, so I'm going to have to be a bad guy, because when we play G.I. Joes, I'm the Cobra. Awesome. And, and my job is to make sure the girls have somebody to destroy and win and beat. Okay. <laughs> so it's only fitting that I stay in, on Cobra. Oh, my God. And what would your, what would your name be? Well... I haven't thought of a name, so maybe you can help me figure that oh, out. Oh, I just thought of your name. Okay. Your but, name's Target Practice. Target Practice. <laughs> target Viper. Oh, your name done be Target <laughs> Practice, Troy. That's exactly what your name is. I, I know what my specialty would be. Okay. It would be like television production and post-production. Okay. So I would be making the videos for Colt Slither. Yes. And for Billy in this episode. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What's your idea, Jasmine? Your name can be. Your name can be TV. TV, TV Viper. TV Viper. He's a TV. You're an offshoot of the um, the the Televipers. Yes. Yeah. So you 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 were a Televiper. Right. But they promoted you to be the audiovisual guy, and your name's Target Practice. And because I, you you, I got it. You um, you uh, set up the like the the uh, holographic um, Target practices for like, to, for training sessions. That's what like, training schedules and stuff. Yes. For Cobra. All right. That's, That's what we'll, you do. We'll roll with it. Yeah. 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 And, and and you constantly provide targets for G.I. Joe to destroy. Yep. You do fake targets. Yes. So, like, you set up elaborate simulations where they're like, all right, we need to hit that base, and they get there, and it's empty. It's right. It's not a real... You know what I mean? And the beautiful thing about being uh, setting up target practice for Cobras is I never need to replace them because they never shoot, they never shoot anything. They never shoot anything. <laughs> they never hit anything. You, 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 you came in, and you saved Cobra money on their budget. Right. That's exactly what you did. That's awesome. Well, listen, uh, Target Practice, welcome to the Joe and Joe team, everybody. Let's give Target Practice a big hand. Yay. I mean, Cobra. Oh, I'm sorry. Welcome, <laughs> well, the Joe and Joe Cobra team. Yes. Welcome to Cobra Target Practice. Yay! And while we're, while we're welcoming all our new members of the Joe and Joe team, uh, G.I. Joe is finally bringing uh, this sound experiment to its knees. The, uh, everything's quaking to the foundation and the extensive enterprises building is uh, being destroyed. Because Billy and Rock and Roll are playing the guitars on those battle copters and they're going to counter the signals. That's pretty amazing that they can fly a helicopter and play a guitar at the same time. Yeah, even though it's got handheld controls. Exactly. Yeah, like there's, this is, there's a lot going on here. It must have autopilot. M there must be an autopilot. To. Otherwise, they would constantly be killing themselves. Yes. Constantly. Heaven forbid that they actually like record something first. Yeah. Uh oh, oh, here they we have go. To play it live. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what's so. That's what really ultimately for me. What's disappointing about this episode is we could have had a great Cold Slither song or something along those lines. It didn't right. have to be Cold Slither. 
but something really recognizable and it's just like this generic guitar riff you know it's it's it sounds like the generic podcast music that you can get at free like freeware sites to use as beds for your podcast it, it probably is where yeah. it came from that's what it sounds like um heavy or uh, metalhead not heavy metal metalhead his guitar just lit on fire which is pretty rock and roll quite frankly um and they're just playing this like Steve Vai kind of which is you know Steve Vai's great you know like it's a great guitar riff don't get me wrong but it's not catchy like a cold slither right no cold slither you know. and uh the extensive enterprise building is collapsing there's no mention of Tomax and Zaymoth throughout this episode no. but I really oh and the oh, animals yeah. escape though the that's really escape. cool that's good everyone gets out alive yeah everyone all kinds of vipers come running out of the building all the G.I. Joes all the professors all the scientists all the animals the animals it's, it's their parachute moment Yes, they're so everyone, safe. Yeah, everyone gets a parachute. And this building, it's a great explosion. It's a, one of the better explosions. I think the Sunbow one had the best explosion, but it's a pretty good explosion. And money is flying yeah, everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, yeah, that's what I found funny. He's pedaling so fast, the money's on. Yeah, it's the, it's the $10 billion that what they got from the city. Exactly. Money, 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 money. Yeah, and finally, this brings, Hawk finally likes what they did because everyone's getting the city's money. Yes. Which is a weird message to send. Like, they're not going to give that back to the city. Yeah, long he's, live rock and roll. Yeah, he's very excited. But rock and roll saved the day. Yeah. Kids, do you think music can save the day? Yeah. Yeah? What's, in some cases. Well, uh, Santi, what's your favorite kind of music? Um, I like pop music. Yeah? Who's your, who's your one favorite pop star? I like Toby Mac. Toby Mac? That's awesome. What about you, Lily Bella? Dancing music. Mm-hmm. Kind of hip-hop. Music. Hip-hop's great. You like to dance? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Nadia, what about you? Um, when you're doing judo, do you have a soundtrack? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody was kung fu fighting. Oh, you know what? Um, on one of our soccer meets, there is like a fair going on. And like when our coach was telling us what to do, like there's this like background music that just went awesome with it. Yeah. There's like background music and it was like awesome. It's so much fun, right? Yeah. It just ma- it livens everything up. Jasmine, what about you? What kind of music do you love? Do you like listen to like Disney music? Mm, some type of Disney music. And I like Megan Slayna's music. Oh, that's amazing. What kind of music does she do? Mm. The pop music. Is it pop? That's pretty great. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Troy, what about you? What kind of music do you like? Uh, I'm pretty diverse. Yeah? Yeah. I like um, I like the rock. Sometimes I just want to be like rock music. Sometimes yeah. I like uh, EMD house music. I like dance music. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a rock like and roll guy. I'm like a Springsteen kind of guy. Rolling Stones, like that kind of genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah that, much. Sometimes much to uh, my wife's chagrin. <laughs> But anyway, listen, kids, you guys are amazing. Can I get a big round of applause for yourselves? All right. I want to give a big thanks to Jasmine and Santi, Lily Bella, Nadia, and Troy. You guys are an amazing panel. Is there anything you want to say to the listeners at home? Anything? Yeah. <laughs> Never stop believing in G.I. Oh my God, I think that's so great. Troy, you've done a wonderful job with these kids. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much. Oh, you have one? What is it, Jasmine? Make sense you get a lot of G.I. Joe.
That's so true. You're going to work for Hasbro one day. Well, I think you guys are really awesome. Really. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. And now you, Joe. And Joeing is half the battle.